Welcome to the Mindset Mashup. I'm your host, Bichelle Sorrow. I'm a TV host on Extra, lifestyle strategist, and author on gratitude. And I'm going to dig deep to bring you closer to your best life in this lively, unfiltered, and heart-centered podcast. This show is a compilation of real talks designed to help you optimize what matters most, self-love, impact, success. Tune in for inspirational guests who reveal the mindset required to bust through the BS that holds you back and then how to apply those tools to elevate your life, business, and relationships. Are you ready? Let's get started. Welcome back to the Mindset Mashup. I am super excited about my next guest. We just wrapped the conversation, so I'll just kind of let you know how I do it. I come back on after the conversation, and then I recap. And this is a fun one. Here's why. This is a guy who was climbing the corporate ladder and pretty miserable, and he knew there must be a better way, and he knew that he experienced unbelievable passion and joy and fulfillment when he was in the outdoors and doing things that really got his adrenaline going and really connecting with other like-minded people just like him that were really following those same and similar pursuits. And so he decided to get after it. And he busts through some skepticism, some fear, some worries about what other people might think, and he made it happen. Now this guy has got a top podcast. He's a sought-after speaker. He's living life by design in a way that's inspiring fans from all over the world. And it was such a pleasure to get up underneath how he made that transition from the corporate nine-to-five into basically living a life in the outdoors and really helping to impact so many lives and inspire hearts to get after it, whatever it is that makes them also feel so alive. And he breaks it down with some really simple yet profound and also tangible takeaways that you can immediately apply to your life so that you too can break through that same old bullshit that might be holding you back and or allow you some perspective to just balance more and just find more fulfillment and joy in the everyday because this guy is doing it. He's living the dream and he's just such a cool, rad human being and a genuine guy with a beautiful heart who's up to some kick-ass stuff and really wants to see more of us do the same. So I'm excited for you guys to get to know him and I am even more honored that I can call him a new friend and he's been so helpful for me as I was launching my podcast and and really just wanting to guide me and help me to, you know, navigate that first very bumpy road of when I was launching. And so I will always be so deeply grateful for him and the value that he's added to my life. And I was just a complete stranger at the beginning. And and uh, it just really speaks to the quality of his character. So I can't wait for you guys to get a sense of the same. And so without further ado, here's Jeremy Jensen. Welcome back to the Mindset Mashup. I'm so excited for my first guest. Jeremy Jensen is an entrepreneur, community builder, speaker, and mountain athlete, passionate about helping people lead authentic and intentional lives, rich with experiences that make them thrive, not merely survive. He is the creator of the Adventurepreneur Playbook Podcast, where he shares the stories of big name and up-and-coming entrepreneurs, professional athletes, and outside-the-box thinkers who have built their passions for adventure, 
travel, and the outdoors into successful startups, lifestyles, or personal brands. Jeremy is the founder of Revive, a startup that redefines the way we work by designing remote co-working experiences for those looking to trade in their routine nine to five jobs for a more meaningful and adventurous lifestyle. Revive makes it easy for anyone to explore, live, work, and play while traveling internationally in three months six-month, and year-long itineraries. Jeremy is also the co-founder of the Outwild Collective, a new retreat series that brings together outdoor and adventure-minded individuals to share ideas, optimize their lifestyles, create businesses, build meaningful connections, and play hard outside. The first in-person retreat will be held in fall 2018. His main priorities are to always be growing, helping other people, building and maintaining meaningful relationships, experiencing new things, and looking for that next adrenaline rush. Jeremy holds an MBA from the American University and a BA in Spanish from the University of Utah. I'm so stoked, and I feel like that's the right word as I read a bio like that. I'm so stoked to have you here. I'm stoked to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Jeremy, when you hear that bio about yourself, what do you think? It makes me pretty flattered. I mean, I'm just feel lucky to have had the opportunity to work on some of this exciting work. I mean, finally, I have to say, emphasize finally, emphatically to say, it's really been a long time in the making. And I know we'll get into some of this stuff, but I'm finally living my dreams and doing exactly, I mean, precisely what I want to do. And I get the chills just saying that. (laughs) I just got the chills when you said it. Yeah, uh, it's good stuff. Yeah, and the, and the truth is, is that you teach people how, and we're going to get up underneath that. But let's let's um, unpack it a little bit. So where you are now is a life that you've designed, and it's precisely to your dreams, which is amazing. Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Let's take it back a few years, because you're mid-30s, but you didn't always have this. So where do we want to start that was a defining moment where you knew that this was what you had to do and burn the boats to get there? Yeah. Great question. Well, I mean, for me, there was a couple of of key moments. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, I hear a lot because, you know, as you mentioned, I have a podcast as well. And and it's really interesting to hear this exact question answered from many different types of people on different perspectives. But for me, I definitely had one of those aha moments. I remember I was uh, skiing uh, at Snowbird, Utah, and I, I you know, obviously there's an outdoor kind of adventure theme to the things I'm doing. This is my passion. And so I was up skiing one day and enjoying a beautiful powder day, uh, sunny spring conditions. And I was just having the time of my life. And, you know, I just finished business school, working for a consulting firm, doing the corporate America thing and making pretty damn good money at it. And, you know, the rationale was, shit, okay, I'll, I'll work hard, make a bunch of money. And then I'll go back and do what I want, really want later. Well, that's probably not the best rationale. Anyway, I just had a moment where I'm like, I'm not living the way I exactly want to be living. And I, that was when it was almost like this turning point, right? Like this no going back moment. And I knew I something, I had to do something. I just didn't know exactly what. So a couple of days later, I was back home 
and I was literally in the shower and we can talk about peak state in the zone too, but I'd had a great workout and I, I got up, had some coffee and was reading. And I, I just sort of inadvertently, not really even knowing what it was, put myself into to the zone, to peak, to peak state thinking. And I was in the shower and a couple of weeks earlier, I had met this woman Sorry, it's stories all over the place, but it's really, it's, it's funny. It all comes together. She was talking about these crayons, these crayons that you use in the shower. Because, you know, I don't think I'm alone that ideas come to people often when we don't have our cell phones in front of us. We don't have the TV going on. We're not looking at social media. We don't have a computer in front of us. It's when we are alone with our thoughts that oftentimes the best ideas come, right? So I'm in the shower. I had bought these crayons because I'm like, this is me. I have these ideas. I want to, and I always forget them. By the time I'm toweling off, I'm like, oh, what was that thing I had when I was washing my hair, you know? (laughs) So anyway, I had the crayons and sure enough, the idea came to me uh, for the Adventurepreneur playbook for the podcast. And I remember writing up on my wall in the, in the, in the shower, this word adventurepreneur, because I knew I wanted to bring together this idea of building businesses that facilitate cool lifestyles with the outdoor adventure travel space, because that's just, I love to travel. I love to be outside. I love to do things that or an adrenaline rush, the, the things that are you know, action sports, if for, for lack of a better term. So I wanted to bring those two things together, the things I love, you know, this idea of entrepreneurship and the outdoors and adventure. So um, it came to me and I committed to do it right that morning. And I haven't looked back. And I'm so glad I committed to that. And, and I think that's really what it takes is sort of having this point of no return. And you have to be, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, so that defining moment. Yeah, the defining moment, exactly. And I think, I'll be honest, and I can't say that that didn't, realizing that I had to have that defining moment and that I truly had to commit to it didn't come easy. I went through years of, oh, I've got this great idea, and then never doing anything with it because of all the limiting beliefs and fears that come in, right? We all have it. So I think it took, it was this perfect sort of storm of, this culmination of beating down these fears, killing these these limiting beliefs, and then also coming up with an idea that was very compelling. And then the two came together and I was like, okay, there, that's it. I'm moving forward and not looking back. So, Okay. So walk us through then exactly what happens next. And when was that? That was, what was that? Like right before Christmas this last year? So this was seven months ago. This is very, oh yeah, very recent. I mean, I had been dabbling and I knew... I've had concepts sort of, again, percolating and not nothing that really came to fruition because, uh, frankly, I'll be completely honest, I was just scared. And I, I, I really talked myself out of it or felt like I wasn't ready. Definitely a lot of analysis, paralysis, thinking I needed to know this X, Y, and Z thing before I needed to, I could move forward with with whatever project. And, and that killed me. It killed me for years. I, I'm almost embarrassed to admit as many years as it was, but nonetheless, I'm here. Uh, so yeah, December-ish, I decided and then started to make it happen. Had my first interview towards the end of the month and started to reach out to people. And you know, I know you and I have shared that that phenomenon is, is people typically are very generous with their time. And it's shocking. And I think it's it speaks to that piece around if you just have the nerve and believe in yourself enough to put yourself out into the universe, things come back to you. And I think, frankly, it's not a crowded place. Too many people are scared to do that. And it is very scary. 
to reach out to the people you admire and and ask them to donate their time and you're nobody but they maybe they'll still want to talk to you you know before you know you, you're not as much nobody and then it gets easier okay but so that was december and i mean what happens next do you stay in your job as a consultant how does it play out where you can actually earn a living well, yeah, I think that's where the rubber meets the road and that's where it really gets challenging, right? And I think it's it's truly about investing in yourself and what you believe in. You know, I think one of the big things that I did right off the bat, I'm a big Simon Sinek fan and I believe his, you know, start with why model is is very compelling. And I did that for myself and ultimately that's how I kind of settled on what I wanted to work on, what was my why, and then, you know, go out from the middle. For those of you who haven't seen the TED Talk, you need to check it out. Start with why, Simon Sinek. But, you know, the golden circle, start with why, then answer the what, and then answer the how, right? And in that order. And, you know, I think for me, it was just answering that why and then trying to think through, okay, what is, what are the revenue models look like? Where is there a market? How can I fill a gap? You know, where is it that I want to be in five or 10 years financially and from a fulfillment standpoint, right? And how do I marry those together? So that's where I started. And, you know, honestly, you know, it takes time to make money at some of these things. And I think especially podcasting, but it's so, it's almost in kind. There's different, there's a different compensation that's not dollar driven, at least yet for me. And, and, you know, I just hit number two in my category outdoor. Couldn't be more thrilled. Never would have expected something like that six months ago or whenever, seven months ago. But here I am. And, you know, you just never know. I think if you concentrate on pouring your heart and soul into something, doing something you think is interesting and having confidence in yourself to, if, if you're doing something you think is compelling and captivating, then probably other people will too. And that's really been my guide, my guiding light. And, you know, to come to find out, yes, there are plenty of people who think what I'm doing is interesting. So. Oh my gosh. Congratulations on hitting number two. That's huge. Well, thank you. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a shock. <laughs> it's awesome. And it's so well-deserved. Your podcast is so cool. I've listened to multiple episodes. I just, I love your vibe. You can hear it right now. It's just super chill, which is why I said stoked earlier, because I feel like this is, it, it's, so, it's such an authentic tone in your podcast, in your nature. And I think, I feel like you really are able to connect with your guest in that same way, where it just feels really genuine. And like, I feel like a fly on the wall when I'm listening to these talks and it never feels like an interview, but yet I get so much information and half the time, just to be honest, cause I'm not an adrenaline sports fanatic follower or some of these awesome, you know, athletes that you have on, but I will become a fanatical fan after I'm done listening because you've engaged me and their stories have been so compelling. So it's, it's awesome. What you're doing is clearly working and resonating. Oh, thank you so much. That's really kind of, I appreciate that. And I, I think it has been, that authenticity is key, right? And I, I think that's one thing, even if it doesn't work out, even if tomorrow I go back to the bottom and if I fail utterly in everything else that I do, if I can stay authentic to myself, I'm I'm much happier than I was when I'm not doing that when I'm working for corporate America and working for someone else and making someone else wealthy and, and, and grinding day in and day out. 
on someone else's agenda on their own on their terms. I just won't do it anymore. And so that's worth more than any other type of compensation I could ever ask for. It's priceless. And I'm so glad you're doing it. You know, you and I talked about this several times because we've had some off air conversations. You've been very helpful when I was about to launch my podcast. And uh, you and I share a love and respect for Tim Ferriss, who has a top podcast. And uh, you and I both have read obviously his books. I, I love the four hour work week, but I'm about the, I like the four hour work month, which is what I'm all about right now. <laughs> but let's just be clear. These podcasts, they're a lot of work. And I want to talk about that because up underneath putting this out there, especially when there's no sort of financial composition, but like you said, there are in-kind abundances that are showing up all the time. Um, what what continues to drive you doing this, knowing that it's, you know, it's, it's a lot of work and people underestimate it. And there are epic statistics around the people who launch one and quit after three episodes or eight episodes. It's astounding. And now you're at a festival speaking about it. But when you know it's hard and you've got to edit and produce and do all this to get the next one out, what mindset tools are you utilizing to get you through that, especially when there's no dollar sign at the end? Yeah, I think the main tool, quote unquote, is is grit, resilience. I mean, at the end, I think it's, you know, one of the, I have this chalkboard I have in my apartment that's, you know, two, actually, I have one, start before you're ready, because that I I will put that on my tombstone. I think people think they need to have everything in place before they start and have everything perfect, and they never get started because it's too overwhelming. You just need to start. We're all imperfect. Just do it. You'll figure it out. You're going to make mistakes. That's part of the fun. The second thing is consistent action over time eats everything for breakfast. And I just, that resonates to my soul. And I am, again, just in, I say I'm in the beginning phases and I've got, you know, I'm building a company and I've got the podcast and I've got a retreat series that I'm building and I've got a lot going on, but it's been a long time in the making. And I think just getting, and I, I'm preaching the choir here, is it, it's the mindset. And, and that's why this show is such a cool concept and it's so important and why I think you have the potential and probably already are making such a big impact in people's lives is that when you get your mind straight, everything else falls into place. And so, yeah, those two sort of nuggets of truth are, are really what I live by. I love that. And when also when I was looking at your reading list and you've got Mindset at the top of that list, which is such a, a powerful book written by Carol Dweck, who has a PhD. And when you read that book, how did it make a profound effect on you? Well, it made me realize that I, I, I kind of had a fixed mindset in some ways. Mm-hmm, versus growth. Right, exactly. So you really start to understand, wait a minute, that's that's really not a constructive way to think about this, you know, is And it's so slippery, right? Like you had to read a book to be outside of yourself to see, oh, that's me. But deep down you were actually a growth mindset, otherwise you would have never been able to get that aha. Right, exactly. And that and I think that's I think that describes a lot of people, frankly. I, I think there are a lot of people, at least in my case, there were so many things that I didn't acknowledge about myself that were there and I didn't even know. I didn't want I didn't want to acknowledge them. And that the biggest thing is fear, right? Like it's funny, there's this sort of irony in the adventure sports world as I've been known to, you know, do some pretty stupid shit, quite frankly. You know, throwing myself off cliffs on skis and jumping on airplanes and doing 
you know, I lived up for that summons and that stuff. And so I always thought, oh, I know I'm, I'm pretty, I have a pretty good feel for beer. But what I was actually scared of were the, the little things, right? What are people going to think? Where do I start? What if I fail? I'm going to embarrass myself. I, I don't like social media because it's, it's vulnerable, right? All these things, I, I, didn't, I didn't, wouldn't even ever get on social media. I would never post even just two years ago. I was just scared, frankly. So anyway, there's some of these small things that end up having a really big impact. So Carol Dweck's book was huge, trying to adopt the growth mindset that I had, but, but maybe wasn't living. Yes, totally. I'm so excited that you picked that book up and that you allowed yourself to, you know, get it and to then activate it, which is where you are now. And listen, we're going to all have the fear. It's like, feel the fear, do it anyway. We've heard these phrases our whole lives, just do it, the Nike slogan for 20 years. And we think that we are, like you said, it's like, oh, I'm crushing it over here, here and there with all of the, you know, the adrenaline addiction that you have and you were, you've been getting after, you know, probably your whole life. But those simple little things are those two millimeter shifts that open us up to what we're really here to experience and then how to make an impact in the lives of others doing the same. So I love that you mentioned that social media is vulnerable because it is. And then it depends on how vulnerable we really want to get and how real we want to get. And in 2018, one of the people that I follow, who I think is just light years ahead in marketing, listen, he's he's got a harsh sometimes delivery. I like a little more cream with my coffee, but his nuggets are good. Gary Vaynerchuk. Mm-hmm. I love his black coffee. I drink that shit all day long. Right? I'll take it fucking espresso all day long. Totally. So, okay, good. I didn't even know that you and I shared that session in common. I just called it an exception for you, but I think he's great. And okay. And he talks about in 2018, you know, someone had asked him recently at a keynote, like what's really getting through in social media? And he's like, guys, it is all about truth and transparency. There's no point in even getting on and sharing any content unless you're going to be real because otherwise who cares? Right. We're tired of being bought and being, you know, marketed to. We want it real. And that's what I know you do. Like your social media for me, not only is it like a beautiful visual, just stunning examples of what's possible if we just get out of our own way and get outside. Every single one of your images sometimes just makes me take a big, deep breath. And then you pop in these really cool nuggets that are just powerful. Like, for example, I'll read you one right now that I I held on to and I love. And you talked about your current stack. It was your morning routine, October 17th, 2017. You, You caught the gorgeous sunrise. And it was a stack of books that I was like, oh, I've read that one. I read that one. Oh, I want to read that one. Oh, I have that one. Oh, yes, I got to get that one. And I was just like, who is this guy? You know, this is the stuff I love. And your your quote was, current stack. I've always read a fair amount, but since I've started reading 25 minutes first thing in the morning over the last year or so, I've been cranking through some great reads that are literally changing the way I think about the world, catching some pretty cool sunrises too. Again, very chill vibe, but inside there is a cool morning routine that's part of why your mindset is so optimized. So I don't want to I don't want to forget that too like you're dropping nuggets sort of like success leap clues. You're dropping them in a subtle way but they're real, right? Wow, well done. You did your homework. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's funny, right? Like I mean we talked about the December sort of transformation but there i am you know months before sort of mentally preparing right doing the groundwork and i think that i would recommend for anyone start with the greats i mean we talked about a couple here already carol dweck and 
Gary Vaynerchuk. I mean, two polar opposite approaches, but Gary's a punch in the face and he will he will wake your ass up. And I, I just love the guy. I think his honesty, again, you said it, it's authenticity and it's it's this trans, you know, transparent vulnerability. So but yeah, I think I know I know before the show we talked about, you know, maybe some of the things that have really catapulted me or been a big game changer. And I think that that social media post actually speaks to it, right? So for the last couple of years, I've been getting up pretty early, pretty, pretty early, about five, and and I have a routine. And I always had kind of called it the zone, and I knew something, I could get myself into a very productive state of mind and a very productive, set myself up for a very productive day if I started the day a certain way. Right. And then of course you go you go to you go to Tony Robbins and of course that's his part of his whole stick, right? And so that's that was so validating to see, oh, holy shit, this guy's doing what I kind of do, but I but like way better. And he's giving me all these other tools to to get into this zone, zen peak state of mind. And that has been such a game changer for me. I don't know about you, but I don't know if we want to take the time to describe the concept, but I think it's just, you know, he always says, Tony is, is like, you know, never make an important decision about your life when you're not in peak state. And I think that is so true. I mean, the shower example, right? The, the thing I didn't tell you about that shower story is about three hours later, when I'm out of peak state, I'm like, you're an idiot. That is the stupidest fucking idea I've ever heard. You know, like that's never going to go over. But no, I stuck to this idea of when you're in this optimal state and making decisions about your life and that's when you commit to them, that's when the magic happens because that's how you should truly be living your life. It's not when you're half asleep on the couch watching the fifth straight episode of Seinfeld or whatever. Um, it, that's, not a, that's not a good state of mind and it puts you in this defeatist, consumptionist, reactive mindset instead of a proactive very well i guess that's the best way to prose being just being very proactive right and not letting the world not it's playing offense not defense i guess is the best way to say it 100 percent. well going back to that whole we don't negotiate with our minds i actually now can't remember if that was on air or off air but you were talking about that earlier it's like that concept of you know when you make a decision especially from peak beautiful state which is our true nature and then when our low state and old limiting beliefs and stories can come in to kind of fuck with us it's like we don't negotiate then and we don't negotiate with things that we decided and committed to from that peak beautiful state energy exactly and then the phrase Oh, I was just going to say the phrase I love, and I think what we, well, we weren't quite recording yet, but just uh, I don't negotiate, motherfucker. And I think that when I heard that, it just really resonated with me. And I wrote it in huge, huge, huge letters. And it, it really, because think about it, the day is filled with these defeatist, these opportunities to be defeated, to have a fearful, limiting belief mindset. And if we let them seep in, at least for me, it gets worse and worse and it compounds. It becomes exponential. And by the end of the day, I'm just defeated and I'm just like depressed. But if I can set myself in like, no, 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 that's not constructive or no, 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 that's the really weak side of me thinking or talking to me. And when I instead say, no, I don't negotiate, motherfucker, then I put myself in this really winning attitude and I say, okay, how am I going to turn this around? Right. Yes. I love that. You catch it. And then course correct. I love it. So when was your first Tony Robbins event? Last summer. 
or what was that last spring? When were we in uh, San Jose? Were you and I at the same Unleash the Power Within in March? Yes. That's right. That's how we we got connected. Now it's all coming back to me. That's right. Okay. So after Unleash the Power Within, that's when your moaning routine, you started to take it up a couple levels. Yeah, exactly. And I actually turned all the best practices that I take in my morning routine, which frankly, it takes hours to get me into this peak state. Like I, you know, I read something inspiring and drink some strong coffee and do a little meditation and then I go work out and like a combination of those things. And then I get a little work done that, that inspires me. Those combinations of things got me into this great state, right? What, what the beautiful thing about Tony is the priming concept or, or, you know, doing it very quickly, right where you are. It's just this physiological discipline that you, that you can use to literally change your biology. And that's very effective. And that's nice to have that in the toolkit. Now I use it all the time, even at, you know, at 10 PM at night instead of just five in the morning. And I'd use it whenever I need to. And that was a, that was a big breakthrough because I was getting the majority of my work done in the morning and then like, okay, well, I did a good job, but like the nighttime shot, I got like, and that's my chill time. That being said, it's a little, it's a balance, you know? And I, speaking of Tony, I don't know where and when he chills out. I don't know how he relaxes, but, uh, that's important. That's important too. He is a beast if I've ever seen one. So going back to your morning routine, because this is this is part of what gets you going, your effective mindset tools. You have a strong morning routine and you've spoken about it here. What happens then when you can't do those things? It's just not in the schedule. And you've mentioned it could take hours. Is there a quick go-to that can get you there and be like, you know, as an anchor, if you will? Mm-hmm. Great question. Well, first of all, I think it's important to acknowledge that if you can't get there or it's just one day it just doesn't work out, you had an, too much fun the night before or didn't sleep, whatever it was, and you, it just doesn't work, let yourself off the hook. I struggle with this probably more than anything because I'm so hard on myself and I'm, my expectations are so high for myself. So that took me some time to learn. But if I if, if it's not in the cards, that day probably is a wash. I'll, I might get some work done later in the afternoon, but if I go to bed at two, half drunk, I'm not going to get up at five. You know, I'm not. I'm just, that, I know that won't be the best use of my time because I'll just start over the next day and give myself a break. And I needed that. I probably stayed up till two to blow off some steam or, or to have some fun that I haven't had in a while. Right. So. I think that's really important first and foremost. The second I would say is, yeah, if it's an abbreviated session. It's the breathing. It's the physical part. That I think is, you know, I I put a big emphasis on the psychological part, the mental sort of stimulation, reading something inspiring, one of my favorite authors or something off medium.com or whatever it is some Tim or Tony or whatever it is. And then, you know, let that sort of segue into a workout or something that would get my heart rate up and and put me in a good state. Now I'm fine with just like, you know, as you're very familiar, sort of the priming technique of just even that that breathing exercise Tony shows, or even just getting and doing some pushups, going to the gym really quickly. I have a stationary bike right here that I get on and I like to watch a Ted talk. So there's a double, a double whammy, you know, uh, doing both at the same time. So there's some kind of abbreviated quicker methods to, to elicit that, higher state. 
Yes. And thank you for sharing about the priming that Tony teaches and does every day of his life, virtually anywhere in the world. We'll add up the link for anyone interested, but it is, it's, you know, it's basically 10 minutes and he loves to say, if you don't have 10 minutes, you don't have a life. Um, and it's breathing, it's visualizing, it's becoming grateful. It's getting super clear on what's next and right now in terms of what you're going to crush, but from a beautiful state of energy where you're completely connected to your soul and it feels possible. In fact, it feels so possible that you embody the feeling as if it's already done. And so it's just, it's, it's a game changer for me as well. And sometimes I don't even have the 10 minutes, not going to lie. Like some days are just busy, but what I will do now, and I do not negotiate. First of all, I put my phone to bed across the room in a drawer, and then I flood myself with gratitude for every tiny little thing that I can think of in my bed. Well, I've got a dog here and, you know, a vision board over there, but I just like, oh, flood myself before the feet hit the floor. And then that way I'm ready and primed to go and take on social media and comparing or the news headlines or whatever else, if that's the only time that I have. But you're right. We can, we can keep it really succinct just to reset our minds to align with our hearts. Yeah. Well said. And so, so you do that first thing in the morning then, no matter what gratitude. Every day, I know even no matter because I travel quite a bit for uh, a lot of clients. So it doesn't matter if I'm in a hotel room, if I'm in my own bed, somebody else's bed. It's been a long time. <laughs> um, <laughs> just saying. And so, yeah, no, I. It's the only way that I can truly get my day going in the way that I need it to because I'm a gratitude junkie. For me, if there was one thing to ever, ever, ever share, how I manifest, how I have designed the dream life, all of it, I am so fucking grateful for every. Every little tiny thing that I have now. And so I flood myself with that because I really believe that once we're grateful, we get so much more. I love all the masters that you've learned from too. And I want to go back to your reading list because guys, you'll check it out and we'll put up his, uh, Jeremy's website on the resources, but he's got this great book list. And like I mentioned, half of them I've read and I also just love, but I'm also very aware that when people have a certain reading list, they went to it at a certain time. Right. And so I think that the next thing that I want to talk about is one of your books up there. And I was like, oh, me too. And it was Strengths Finder by Tom Rath. It's the Strength Finders 2.0 version. And it was the number one Wall Street Journal bestseller. I, I know that it's used in universities around the world. It was so profound for me, but I used it when I knew what I wanted to do next career wise, but I really didn't know that I could do it. Like I would still have doubts about it. So I use this book to help define and refine what I knew that my genuine innate strengths were. So it would give me more leverage, if you will, to get after it. Why did you go after StrengthsFinder? Well, because, you know, short answer and long answer, I'll try and come somewhere in between. So I do consulting on the side and, and kind of trying to work my way out of that. But Basically, it's a great way to fund a lot of the projects that I'm working on. So I'm actually, as a consultant, I do a lot of work around human capital, culture, employee experience, right? So a company is has a shitty culture. People hate working there. They hire me to come in and try and fix their situation and make a better workplace culture. And basically, I like to say that I help people's jobs suck less, right? And so... It all starts there, actually, because a best practice that I see so many companies companies not taking advantage of is to focus on their employees' strengths, right? This is ludicrous that people don't start here, not only from the recruiting standpoint, but once they're in the door, right? Why are we not 
taking advantage of people's natural strengths and impose instead trying to shove them into these roles that might not make the most sense. And, and even furthermore, from a candidate perspective, most people have no idea what their strengths are and what resonates, like you said, with their soul, right? And so I think that this is what I was sort of naturally drawn to this idea of of the strengths finder. And so I read that book on my own and it did inform some of my some of my consulting work. But I think for me, I was like, I have a pretty good sense of where I'm gonna fall on this, but let's see, right? So I took it and sure enough, spot on. And I think it's it's just very effective to, to not only I talked about the why exercise, starting with why, but if you know, getting it why is it from our inner from our earliest childhood memories, why is it that we are captivated by afternoons at the park doing barbecues and playing with puppies or whatever it is, right? Like why does that when we were five years old, why is that one of our absolute best memories? What is that? Let's dissect that and see what that is. When you combine all those things with your strengths and start to answer what it is you do and how you do it, that's like a magic formula for success, right? And so though I, I kind of, I do a little bit of coaching, I think you do too, is, you know, that's what I kind of help people with is like to bring some of that stuff together. So I think the strengths are a great place for that. Like I know some of my top three are just like, I'm, I'm sitting here looking at them and I'm like, oh yeah, no, that's so spot on. What are they? So my top three are activator, ideation, and positivity. Oh, so perfect. Yeah. So for like those of you, I'm just super quick. An activator is someone who can make things happen and turn thoughts into action. They're impatient. Spot on. Right. And if I'm not making something happen, I'm, I'm really antsy. Ideation. I love creating ideas. I help people do it. I like to do it for myself. And then positivity. I'd say 95% of the time I'm pretty damn positive. The rest I'm, I'm not so much, but what do you do? Well, I love it. I love it. Well, for me, uh, and that makes so much sense. This book was really epic at the time that I needed it because I, like I said, I, and this is why I think uh, my listeners are going to value that book so much is because it's an easy read, super fast. The assessment, you know, you can do it in like 20 minutes or less, but it does tend to really resonate as truth. Like, yes, but I didn't necessarily know that about myself or like, wow, no wonder I've been so miserable and feeling so depressed in my current field of work or, or whatever it is. So I think that it can be very eye-opening and unlock some potential. And then, you know, again, if we keep our minds clear, we can allow ourselves to actually get after it. So that's really cool. Thank you for sharing your strengths. That's awesome. I love the book and I highly recommend it. And we'll put again, another little link up for that at the end. I want to talk about the impact of being where you are now. If there was one way in which you could describe yourself as a singular title, could you do that? Oh, that's a good question. A singular title. I mean, I know this is bold and maybe even a little cliche, but like I said, I think at the end of the day, if I had, if I died tomorrow and someone described me with one word, I would hope that they say authentic. And I think that that really has, that's, I've always been that way. The people who know me for many years, I get genuine, authentic a lot, but I, I was trying to figure out how do I build that into something that's like my, my personal brand and, and like my jam, right? Um, well, thank you. I, I do thoroughly appreciate that. I hope so. And so, yeah, that's really what I find compelling with other people. That's where I make connections with people like you that are, that are likewise authentic and, um, more people need to harness that inner authenticity. 
I loved what you wrote about your priorities are to always be growing. So outside of catching the next adrenaline rush and reading epic, profound books, how else do you grow? Well, I think right now, one of the biggest ways is is through the podcast, right? And I'm sure you can relate to that. And, and whether whether you're a podcast host or you're a podcast listener, right? I mean, that's that's why podcasts are popular is because they have their the, the good ones again going back to authentic they're authentic and they they teach you something and that's really you know i don't honestly listen to a ton of podcasts did a little bit before i started but I, i'm frankly so busy now I, I try to dedicate time but i read a lot that's that's outside of the guests and the people that i'm meeting and the opportunities that sort of present themselves through through the podcast and the other projects i've got going I try and find time. I do. I I read every morning. And so I get through books, whether it's straight up literature, which I'm a literature nut, but whether it's that or I'm just like engrossed in the beauty of the writing or the the imagery or whatever it is, or it's something completely nonfiction and just as dry as can be, but it's super useful, right? Like, And before we move on from the book, we don't need to talk about this in detail, but honestly, I think the my favorite book in that entire list, if anyone goes there that gives a damn, it's called The War of Art, Stephen Pressfield. He is this total unsuspecting person who you would never guess wrote this book on what he calls resistance. It's the same thing as what Tony was saying is, you know, I don't negotiate, motherfucker, right? It's this idea of like, he, he basically, the whole book is about this one topic, resistance and how to overcome it in creative endeavors, entrepreneurial endeavors, career, whatever it is. And he's a, he's on top of that, a fantastic writer. So it's very poignant. It's well-written. It's broken into chunks. You could read it in an afternoon, but probably my favorite book of recent memory. So that's how I learn. I, I keep, keep the conversations going, uh, stay humble, try to uh, dissect and integrate the things I learn into my own life. And um, yeah. I love that. Well, and that's experiencing new things too, because you have that as another priority and your list of main priorities, and it's on your website. So if anyone wants a recap, it's right on jeremyjensen.com. But I love that, you know, it's like just that snapshot alone is a mindset hack. And, you know, experiencing new things where you take yourself outside of a comfort zone, which is where you grow and it's where you have an opportunity to see who you really are and get up against those resistances and, you know, start to appreciate parts of yourself that's like, wow, I could try that. And then I could keep doing that, even when it feels really hard. Keep going. And and then that progress equals that happiness. And anyway, it's really cool because that's what you're doing. You're literally living this example, uh, not only from the guests on your podcast, but a wonderful example on my podcast. So we're going to come to a close here. And I know you're living this amazing life and um, we'll put up all of the websites as resources because I want all of you guys to check this out. I mean, the Revive community, the Outwild Collective with the retreats. I mean, my goodness. I'm going to have to get there. You're coming right to my neck of the woods in the fall. It really speaks to one vision. And you said it at the beginning of our conversation where you were so miserable in the nine to five and the the office living, the corporate environment. You were just like, I cannot keep doing this. But if I make enough money and you made a lot of it, well, then maybe one day, 20, 30 years down the road, I could do what I really want to be doing full time, which would probably be the epitome of fulfillment for you but now you're there. So how do you describe fulfillment now? 
I hate to keep harping on it, but I think it's just doing what's true to your your heart, being speaking and living your truths, being authentic. I think I say, listen, if 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 someone's life trajectory leads them down some corporate path where they're working for the man and making a bunch of money and waiting for retirement, more power to you. I don't particularly agree with that path. Not one bit, not one strain of my existence agrees with that. But that doesn't mean, (laughs) but that doesn't mean it doesn't work for other people, right? I just don't want that for myself. And I, what I was doing was trying to fit the round, you know, the square peg in the round hole. And the round hole was status quo, right? Was how we're quote unquote supposed to do it. And I'm, I was square as can be, and I wasn't working for me. And it took me a little too long to figure it out, but that's okay. I'm here now and I'm still transitioning and it's, it's, um, but, but there's a clear path forward. And my vision is, is crystal clear. Ooh, tell us about this vision. Yeah. So it's so liberating. I have to say, I, I think I've always known sort of or danced around what I've wanted and what that looks like and how I'm going to get it. But I think for the first time in my life, um, I think I posted about this a few weeks ago, it was just this having an unwavering crystal clear vision of how I want my life to look and what, what it's going to take to get there is just everything. And I think that for me, really what it is, is it's, it's creating a life where I have autonomy I'm my own boss. I'm living authentically. I'm not living for someone else and making someone else rich or living on their terms. I'm living precisely on my own terms, how I want day in and day out. And I think that has brought me so much joy and will continue to bring me joy. And I think it's it's one of those things where I'm doing it for myself, but I'm also doing it for my loved ones, right? And I think that I want the type of life where I can go to the beach at three in the afternoon if I want, because I worked my ass off all morning. I'm not stuck in some office and my boss is like going to frown at me. You know, like that's bullshit. I'm sorry. It just, I've been through that and I, I've sympathized with people who the majority of the world that has to go through that, but there's a better way. And I, I, I insist on creating that better way for myself. I love your very clear, decisive language. You've used it throughout this conversation. And I love that you just now said, I insist that this is my way and it will be. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't always that way, Michelle. It wasn't always that way. I was pretty, pretty wish-washy or, you know, maybe, but like I said, the vision is clear, crystal clear. Ooh. Okay. Wait a second. Now I have to get up underneath how you went from wish-washy to so decisive. I think I just decided. I committed. I mean, I think it's you know. I, I think we talked about this guy Ben Hardy, who's who's a big writer around the motivation sort of success space, and he he talks about this a lot. Is this, this point of no return? You know, and I think it's the this point of departure, whatever you want to call it, no going back. It's committing to what committing to one thing, in my case, it was the podcast that I was scared to death of doing or a speaking engagement that I just did to a couple hundred people and scared to death of it. Or, you know, writing to apply for a TEDx and my very first one. And I stayed up until literally submitted it at like 11.58 PM 
two minutes before it was due. And they were like, this is an awesome application, but we're not going to take you this time. And like my psyche two years ago, five years ago, God, I wouldn't even want to think about eight years ago would have been, I'm a loser. And this is, I sh- I'm not even, what am I, what was I even thinking about put, thinking I could get into TEDx or thinking that I'm good enough? Now, I mean, you should ask some people around me. I was just like, oh, I didn't get it, but I'll definitely get the next one, you know? So it's just a matter of time. And, you know, I wrote him back and said, listen, how can I improve? What, what didn't resonate with you? What exactly are you looking for? Because I took a pretty good guess. I thought I had a pretty good application. They're like, you absolutely did. It's just that we have, we're looking for something a little bit different. This is the, this is, they had a theme and I, maybe I didn't quite hit it. Anyway, there could, whatever it is, it doesn't frankly matter. All that matters is how I'm going to deal with that. How am I going to stand up? You know, Tony talks about this. I think he says, what does he say? A minute and a half. I, I kind of go the, the 24 hour route. Like you have 24 hours to turn your shit around get back up, brush yourself off and go back at it. And that's all you need to give yourself. And, but before I would have, I remember I didn't get into the business school I wanted. I was so distraught. I thought I was worthless. I thought I'd just give up on the whole thing. My mindset was so different. Now I'm seeing day in and day out that when things don't quite go your way, you just keep going. It's the grit, it's the resilience, and it will eventually work out because that's, those are the people at the top. They're the ones that pushed through. They just kept going. Speaking of the podcast work, because it is a lot of work, it's an unbelievable amount of work, which is why so many of them give it up after you know three episodes. And then 80% of those people give it up after eight episodes. And I know you're out there speaking at podcast festivals and you know what have you done? Like you've launched, I think you've had more conversations. You just don't have them out yet. But is it 12 episodes now that you've released? Yeah, I've done 12. I'm just about to finish my first episode or first season. And then I'm going to, no, season two, man. Big stuff. I've already landed up some great stuff. So I'm so excited for you. But you know, if you follow you on social media and you look at these speaking gigs that you're getting all over the nation, and if you look at the, you know, unbelievable guests that you're getting for your podcast, and no one would necessarily know how hard that was for you or how scared you might have been. But what I love is that you're sharing it and you're vulnerable and you're transparent about it because that's a huge mindset shift too. One of the things that I believe in is processing in real time. Because it helps to unlock either 90 seconds or 24 hours, getting out of the bullshit, getting out of the old stories so that we can move on. But it gives so many people permission to experience that fear, but to do it anyway as well, right? Because they're right there with you, rooting you on, inspired by what you're doing, but are convinced because they're believing their own bullshit that they can't do it. But when you start to process and share, listen, guys, I'm scared too. I just keep going. Exactly. And you you said it, you wrapped it up perfectly in your, your latest mini mashup, I think, because you know, you're talking, or maybe it was the one before, but around building the podcast and all the fears that cr- came crushing in and and almost kept you from doing it, right? And I think we all go through that. I mean, there's no one that's exempt. There's no one that doesn't go through this. It's the ones that are successful are the ones that are able to take that criticism, take those fears, say, fuck you. <laughs> yes. Right back on. Yes. Oh my God. Okay. We have to end it there. No, <laughs> just kidding. We'll no. keep going. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's a shame to wait, I guess, is the short way to answer that. I I think that there's, I truly think most people's interests can make them money in one way or another. 
and when you're living your true passion and you're and you're being authentic to yourself as to like if you're miserable at work i'm sorry there's not an excuse i feel bad i understand but there's no excuse because there's an alternative option out there and that's frankly why i'm building this company revive is it's it's creating this alternative work experiences for people stuck in the rat race that just aren't happy right there's a big world to see out here and these speaking of new experiences it's that's that's what it's all about for me. And I, I think there are other people out there that that don't want to be stuck in an office, that don't want to be beholden to a shitty manager or the cubicle life. I think there's a lot of other things out there um, that are a whole lot more interesting. And so I and now the beautiful thing about technology is that we can have our cake and eat it too. Our parents, Michelle, could not do that. This is a unique wonderful, beautiful time we live in. And if you're saying it can't happen, I'm sorry, you're a skeptic and you've got a closed mindset. You've got a fixed mindset. Um, I hate to be so, I guess I'll be Gary V on this shit, but just tell it the way it is. And it's, it's truly, it's a closed fixed mindset. If, if you think that you're stuck in a shitty job and you don't have a way out. Okay. I have an obvious question for any of my listeners who are not single without kids, um, unmarried. So do you have a reply for someone who's saying, yeah, but what do you do when you want all this and you've got those same passions, but you have to provide for a household? Yeah. Well, I, I can't speak to children. I think that's, I'll be the first to admit I have some freedom because I don't have children, but I have been married and I think I got divorced. And, and I think that Part of that was that I wasn't living the life I wanted with that person, and they didn't certainly facilitate that as well as I would have liked. So I think that's one thing is like make sure that your situation. I'm not, you know, supporting divorce or or breaking up with your significant other, but I think just being really true to yourself. Like, and trust me, there's ways to do it. I mean, there's endless examples of of people running circles around both of us that have five kids. And have, you know, a full-time job and they're doing it on the side. I mean, basically where there's a will, there's a way. And I think that, you know, again, I don't mean to sound insensitive and I really do understand where people are, but I think that we just make so many excuses and it's because we're trained to from day one, we're literally bred to think that we're not good enough and that we need to stay in line and we can't step out of the, the status quo. And we're not, we're supposed to do this and this and this, right? But in reality, maybe over there is way better and more, more up our alley. So anyway, I definitely can't speak to having children though. I think that's a huge responsibility as it should be. And I, when I get there, it's going to be first and foremost, frankly. Do you see that for yourself? Absolutely. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's one of those things where that's kind of what drives me. I mean, I, I certainly want my, I want to, you know, live a great life. And I, I try to do that day in, day out, but I also want my kids to have a great life. I want to be financially stable, independent, whatever it is. And I also, I want to have fun with them. I don't want to be, I want to t- help them think the right way from the moment they come out of the womb, right? Like, I don't want, I love my parents to death, but they just, they didn't think this way, you know, and, and that's okay. And they had a great They've had a great life and they're still, you know, living the corporate life. And that's totally cool. Not necessarily the way I want to do it. I want to raise my kids to 
to have an unleashed mindset from day one and to understand that they can go after exactly what they want and create their own reality. That's honest and it's real. I mean, obviously, you know, you don't have kids, you can't speak to that, but I know that people could be listening. And I say, listen, then make sure you're getting it in some other way. And you've chosen a partner that fully supports that because knows what makes you come alive and that, you know, you've you got to have. And so I'm hoping that anyone listening at the very least, if, if they do feel a little bit trapped inside, you know, needing to produce and provide, they, they know what lights them up and they can do that. And if they can involve the family in part of that, even better, because that quality time is everything. Yeah. And I just want to clarify, like family should be first and foremost. I don't want to ever want to say that if you're not living your dream because you're family and like that, that's okay. Like, and you need to be okay with that. Like that's, that's a choice you're making, but that's precisely the choice you're making, right? Like if, if you choose to prioritize your family, which is, trust me, there's nothing wrong with that. Or you, or your mother's sick or you're disadvantaged in one way or another. There could be loads of reasons, right? That's okay. Acknowledge that. And that's your priority. And that's okay. That's a beautiful thing too. It doesn't need to be one mold fits all. And I, I don't by no means have it all figured out. Just no judgment. No judgment for people. Um, <laughs> no, no judgment. Exactly. There's no judgment on any of it. Listen, at the end of the day, like you said, it's like if you're going to make your decisions, then live them full out, but no excuses, right? You're in it and you're in it. If you want more, then get after that as well. If you want to balance a beautiful family life and having them be priority, but you've got these deep passions and you have adrenaline rushes that need to get experience, go do that too. You know, I guess the bottom line is, is that with this no limits growth mindset that you've really embraced and helped you, it's helped you design this unbelievable epic life that you love. It's all possible for anyone. Really, I guess is for me, that's what I want this, this podcast to be all about. There's going to be a nugget that someone's going to get that's perfectly appropriate for where they are, you know, um, right now. And people will know, you know, what's next. And it, and it could be like going, getting those crayons and just writing things out and then not negotiating when the fear or the ego tries to come in and say, you know, who do you think you are and what will people think? So I love that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And just want, just like at the at the end of the day, just watch out for the excuses we tell ourselves, I guess is what I'm getting at. I think that's be sure that what's important to you, that's the way you're living and what you value most. That's what's number one and number two and number three, those top things. But if you're if you're not living your values, then be really careful about what you're telling yourself why you're not living those values. I think that's the best way to put it. I love it. Well, thank you for giving us so many good things to contemplate, to embrace, and to actually immediately apply because your morning routines, the reading list alone would keep a lot of people busy if they haven't picked up some of these books. There's just been so much wisdom and inspiration that you've dropped here today. And I really, really appreciate your time. No, thank you so much, Michelle. And right back at you. I think you've been a great source of inspiration for me too, is, you know, not only the, the nuggets you drop on a daily basis, uh, whether it's <laughs> Facebook Live or whether it's the podcast or whatever I'm it is. So, <laughs> no, you're, you're getting there. Uh, and I don't even know what there means, but uh, it's all a journey, right? Um, but no, you, you're very inspiring as well. So I'm very flattering for you to have me on the show. And I just love talking this. So, so thank you for taking the time to chat with me about this. Oh, my pleasure. Well, we'll talk very soon. Cool. Thanks, Michelle. All right. You're welcome. 
Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard today, please share it with a friend and you can head on over to iTunes to leave me a review. That would be so appreciated. And of course, if you'd like to reach me directly with any comments, questions, or feedback, you can do so at themindsetmashup.com. Thanks again for listening and I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you.